Welcome to Slants and Rants, the home of hot takes, arguments, and the right opinion about your favorite team. Now, here are your hosts, CTD and Vega. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Slants and Rants podcast, CTD, Patty V, back together, week three, done and completed in the NFL. We're on to week four. Only two undefeated teams left, and one of them happens to be my Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get into all of that and more. But first, the man we missed last week, Patty V. How are we doing today, buddy? Christopher, I feel good. I'm here. Uh, the Mets suck. Broncos offense sucks. But everything's going good. Just, um, I know we always say this, say this for the end of the show, but guys, get in early. Rate, like, subscribe to your mother, to your father, to your dog, to your grandmother. Tell your babysitter. Like this podcast on Apple or Spotify. Rate it five stars. Write a lovely review because you love us so much. And tell everyone you know. But other than that, Chris, how are you? I mean, can I really complain right now? Obviously, the Mets are... Are driving us crazy but the eagles look incredible eagles are three and out only two undefeated teams left dolphins eagles and everywhere you look people got the eagles ranked as a top three team in the nfl it's still early but like as an eagle fan it's exciting as a dolphin fan for them i'm sure it's exciting and week three was another pretty wild week like I, now we're starting to get into the weeks where you kind of know what these teams are. Like the week one flukes are over. Like the the real identity of every team starts to show week four, week five. Like there's no more, okay, is this team, like what is this team? Granted, a team, the Eagles could easily finish three and 14. You know, a team can fall off. I'm not saying that all the teams that are good are going to stay good and all the teams that are bad are going to stay bad. I'm saying the molds of every team, like you pretty much know. Like you're, you know, there's, there's no, I don't think there's anything surprising that'll go from week three to week four where we figuring out what these teams are. No, of course. Yeah. Every team starts showing the real head. I mean, hopefully the Broncos uh, figure out and fix it on my end. Obviously you're flying high with your Philadelphia Eagles, but man, it feels good to be back here talking some, uh, some pig skin with you. And last week was a weird week, you know, both uh, Packers and Bucks games, which went right down to the wire, had no receivers in that game at all. I feel like both teams' receivers were just, you know, out. Sammy Watkins already on the IR. Bucks were missing their big three receivers. That game went down to the wire. My game went down to the wire, which was not uh, the best game to watch if you like quarterback play. If you like quarterback play and you watch the uh, – Bears and Texans, that was a tough one to watch, but that game went down to the final play. And I feel like every week we're beginning some crazy games that are going right down to the final, final, like, uh, final minute, final 30 seconds. So happy about that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm running through the games right now. Brown Steelers came down to the final quarter and then like it, it finished a 12 point game, but it was really a one possession game. Um, Panther Saints really wasn't close most of the game. But Bears-Texans came down to the wire. 
Colts Chiefs came down to the wire. Dolphins Bills down to the wire. Vikings Lions down to the wire. Ravens Patriots for the most part down to the wire. Bengals pretty much handled the Jets. Raiders Titans down to the wire. Eagles handled Washington. Jags handled the Chargers. Rams Rams Cardinals pretty much down to the wire. Falcons Seahawks down to the wire. Packers Bucks down to the wire. Broncos Niners down to the wire. Cowboys Giants down to the wire. All these games like it. I, I believe it was Ryan Clark that said this uh, yesterday. Like, you don't see NFL teams get blown out a lot, but I feel like the last few years we've seen a lot of lopsided games because there's been a severe gap in some of these playoff teams compared to some of these bad teams. I feel like there's like we're getting to a little bit of a mosh posh where it's like, hey, if you told me after week one that the AFC South would go three and zero against the AFC West, I would have called you crazy. Who, who saw the, Col- the Colts beating the Chiefs this week? Like, it is truly any given Sunday right now. It's funny. I texted a coworker of mine who worked the game. Shout out to Brooke, who worked the game. And she, yeah, you know, I'm going to be in India. I'm like, oh, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be doing the Colts' first win. I was kind of half joking, but in my back of my mind, I was like, I could see this as a game the Colts win because this is just one of those random games the Chiefs will drop and the Colts will win. And look what happens. No. The kicker, the, Matt Amendola's the kicker. He was horrendous. They missed Bucker. You could clearly tell they missed Harrison Bucker out there. Amendola um, already got cut. <laughs> he already yeah, got cut. yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he was cut yesterday afternoon. As soon as, as soon as they landed their asses back home in Kansas City, they called his agent, told him, please, tell Matt Amendola, thank you for your business. It was a pleasure. Um, but yeah, and, and there's just not a lot of high scoring games either, honestly. Like if you, if you're a betting man, which we are not. We are not. We are good young souls. All these games are hitting the under. A lot of unders, not a lot of points being scored in these games. Um, which is interesting because the NFL has been pushing for years. High-powered, fast-paced offense, more points, more viewers. But this year it's been a lot of defense, a lot of battle offense, not great quarterback play in some areas. But, hey, it's been fun. It's been fun. Every game I've worked this so far this season, has come down to the final play, which is crazy. I mean, a perfect example of what you're saying is one of the games that I want to get into. Bill's Dolphins, I mean, that had the makings. Everyone expecting, oh, this is going to be a slugfest, high-powered. The Dolphins offense has two of the fastest receivers in the league that, as we saw against Baltimore, you can be up by 21, you blink, you're down by seven. Then the Bills, I mean, their offense is a juggernaut. On top of that, their secondary super banged up. You're looking at this game and you're like, I get it's a division game, but this game could be, you know, a, this could be a 38-35 game. And it finishes, I believe, like 21-19, and that was because there was a few scoring late in the fourth quarter. Like, that was a very low-scoring defensive game. No, especially, especially with the Bills missing all they were missing on defense and back end. But Poyer out, Hyde out. I think Tredavious White isn't playing, I don't think, yet. Yeah, he hasn't played so, yet. He hasn't played yet. So they're missing key piece in the back end. And for a game, it's still be 21-19. Ed Oliver didn't play this past week for them. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy. Again, like the game that you saw the, the week before, two would throw six touchdown passes, and Josh Allen could throw six touchdowns and a blink of an eye. The offense defense played well. They made they made the Bills pretty much one dimensional. Josh Allen, and that was it. Even though Tua 
definitely had a concussion, and whoever says he didn't is definitely calling bullshit on that one because that man got up, collapsed to the floor, and as soon as he got back up, went right to his head and helmet. He didn't grab his back when he fell. He went right for his helmet. You know his head was ringing. I've never seen a guy with a back injury get Bambi legs. He literally had Bambi legs. Like he couldn't walk. That his, He was walking exactly like UFC fighters when they get clipped and they're about to get knocked out and they're like just barely hanging on. Like, yeah, they're punch not walking like that. Like, drunk out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punch drunk. Like they're, they're not walking like they just got a back injury. They're walking like they're about to go to sleep or they just woke up. Like that isn't. But he is one of the yeah, main no. topics I wanted to get into. So I'm happy you mentioned him. Is it time to say that Tua is actually like good? Like I feel like there's been such a divide on Tua for the longest time. There's still people who don't think he's good. There's still people who are like convinced he's good. And then there's people that are kind of in the middle where one week they can be swayed to he's good. Next week they're like, oh, he's not good. I mean, to come in, probably concussed, come back, lead the game-winning drive, play smart football against your division rival, your your biggest rival for this season in the Buffalo Bills, a team that has dominated the Dolphins the last few years. I mean, that was a veteran QB performance by Tua following his best game of his life in Baltimore. So is Tua actually good? Like, is it time to just say like, okay, Tua is a pretty good quarterback? I don't think Tua is bad, and I never thought Tua was bad. It's just... Again, it's all about the situation you fall in. You know, they finally they drafted Jalen Waddle last year. Jalen Waddle has a great year, but it's more dink and dunks. You know, it didn't have really a running game last year. Offensive line wasn't good. This year, they're bringing a young offensive minded coach. They trade for one of the best receivers in football, Tyree Kill. They sign Chase Edmonds. They sign Raheem Mostert. More speed in the backfield. So you're giving this kid plenty of weapons now to. Worked the offense and was a brand new coach who likes to move people around and get people open. Two was succeeding. You know what I mean? So to me, it's all about the situation he's in. And you know what it is with Tua? He's a lefty. So that, that's one thing. People, you know, people don't aren't in love with lefty quarterbacks. They're not, they don't find the sexiest way. And he's not like Justin Herbert, who has that cannon arm, that rifle, like dart he could throw. So that's another thing people don't relate to because. People that watch sports, they love the flashiness. They'll take a flashy player over a real player who's just a grinder and a better player, but because this guy could shoot and dunk and flip and, you know, do this, that's what they like. So that's the reason people don't like Tua because he's not the sexy, fun quarterback that people want to watch when they're watching football on Sundays. It reminds me of the conversation that we had going into last season when we were looking at all the rookie head coaches and the rookie quarterbacks and guessing who is going to have the most success, blah, blah, blah. And we said, Mac Jones was probably the most likely to be the best out of them because he was in the best situation. Now, like when you watch, like there's no question, I think Tua is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. And right now, offensive wise, Tua might even be in a better situation because the Patriots offense isn't as flashy. But when we rewind to last year to where, those young quarterbacks were at the Jalen Hurts is like, I get these guys were second or third year guys, but you're comparing their situations Tua was so low. Cause it, it, they had really nothing around him. You get a rookie year of Waddle where he looks great. 
but it's like Mike Gazeki, is he still going to be there? They end up franchise tagging him. Like the line was not great last year. He was running for his life. He gets hurt multiple times throughout the year. Like it was so, there were so many question marks around Tua. I think now we can kind of put to bed like Tua is not a bad quarterback. Now, if you have that bias where you don't want a lefty quarterback or you also are in the belief of like you need to see this more throughout, I'm in that boat. It's kind of like with Jalen Hurts. Like I love Jalen Hurts, but you can't convince the public on three weeks. You got to do it for an entire season. You got to do it for two seasons. You got to win a playoff game. Like You can't just win week two and week three. And then we crown you MVP. Like you have to keep doing this throughout the entire season. What do you do when the going gets tough? Now, to be fair to Tua, when the going has got tough, getting slapped by Baltimore, they've come back and won, facing their biggest rival in Buffalo in a game that they should win given Buffalo's injuries and Miami playing at home. They got the job done. So I'm I'm not like a full-fledged Tua believer now but I am more of a Dolphins believer after these last two weeks than I was two weeks ago. No, no that I agree with hundred percent. I don't think Tua is a top 10 quarterback or I'm not going to say that yet. Nowhere, nowhere near that, but Dolphins, that defense plays physical, get up in your face, they're going to hit you. The offense, they can beat you so many ways. And especially with Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill out there. It's hard to cover two. Receivers like that. Then that one play they hit Jalen Waddle, I think it was like third and it was third and long. It was like and two and he dropped the twenty-two dime. or something like that. Yeah, yeah the third and twenty-two and Jalen Waddle. Again, this is without White, Hyde, or Poyer. So with them there, I doubt this happens. But hey, that is his problem. They're not on the field. What's two do? He drops a deep post, a dime to Jalen Waddle, who's looking like a superstar. Jalen Waddle this year, looking like a stud. But hats off to the Dolphins. They're playing great football. One of the only two teams left that's undefeated. We'll see what happens Thursday night when they play Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, man. It, again, I still think the Bills win the division. I still think the Bills are the better team once they get healthy. I just think the Bills need to get back to – I know they don't have a great running game, but you can't have Josh Allen throwing the ball 63 times, 64 times a game. You can't. Switching from – AFC favorites to, to two potential NFC favorites. You mentioned earlier, Packers, Bucks played each other this week. Packers getting the win on the road. Two of the best defenses, not just in the NFC, but in the entire league. Watching that game, did you get a feel like, I just couldn't tell. There was times where I'm like, okay, both these offenses are lacking that true star power outside of their quarterbacks. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, but these are also two of the best defenses in the league. Like they're going to play like that as well. It like, it almost feels like I left this game with more questions than answers when it felt like a game, I should be leaving with more answers than questions. Man, you just, whatever you just said to me, that just threw me off. You take questions with answers, answers to questions. A game, you, you go into right a now. game thinking you're going to have, you're going to have. No, no, I got you. I, know, I, know, I, know, I understood what you said. I feel no, like I, I have more questions said. than answers. Just, I understood what you said. It's just the way you kept saying, like, I heard questions, answers, answers, questions. I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I, <laughs> I understood what you said, though. Yeah, I got what you're saying. Uh, 
No, but you got you got to put respect on both those defense. Like those two defense are two of the best in the league. We said that coming in week one to me was an aberration with the Packers defense. It was just one of those games, you know, home opener of Minnesota. Packers looked terrible week one last year. And and like you said, the Packers to begin with don't have a great receiving core. Sammy Watkins on the IR already. But my boy Romeo Dobbs out here getting a great more and more connection with Aaron Rodgers here. I, I Listen, I told you all, Romeo Dobbs will be the stud rookie receiver on this team, not Christian Watson. On the Bucks end, no Julio, no Mike, no Godwin. I mean, Russell Gage looked good, but it, it's tough when you're missing your three starting receivers and you, you activate Cole Beasley off off practice squad when you just signed him literally a day before, two days before. That's a that's a Mets suck right there. I saw. Um, but yeah, no, I it's I think this could be that could be an, the NFC Championship game again. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the NFC Championship game again if these two teams meet up again because I think those defense can carry both carry as if we're not talking about two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and two of the greatest ever. But these two defense to me are that good that. They can carry if these offense aren't playing on a great day on a random Sunday in the playoffs. These defense can carry them to the next game. It makes me think of the saying, offense wins games, defense wins championships. I mean, the Bucks Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, they had an incredible run game. Tom Brady was slinging it to Gronk and Mike Evans and Godwin, but they win that Super Bowl because of their defense. Like these two defenses, if, if, either team makes it to the Super Bowl or wins the Super Bowl, it's probably going to be because of their defensive play. That's what made the Bills so scary to me before all these injuries, that they had they looked just as scary on offense as they did on defense. Now with the 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 Pats and Bucks, I mean, granted you you can't beat them if you can't score on them, to be fair, but I watch their offenses and it's like Watching Brady is just weird this year. Like, I know there's still time, but it's like he, I guess he just needs those high profile weapons right now. Like, Rodgers clearly has more juice in his arm than Brady does. That's for sure. It, it, it also doesn't help that his offensive line is completely not what they thought it was going to be coming this yeah. year between the yeah, injuries, players leaving. Yeah. So, it's banged up and, you know, Tom Brady needs a good offensive line, you know, and he needs a good offensive line to at least two seconds to th- get rid of that ball. But again, you know, if you're into the entertainment news and those type of stories, there's rumors, shit's going on behind the scenes with him and his family. And guess what? That, that'll ruin, that'll take a, take a toll on anyone playing in the league. So don't really know what's going on in Brady. I think the Bucks will be fine. They're two and one. They should win that division, honestly, going away pretty easy, honestly. That division is not good at all. Falcons stink. The Panthers stink. You know, the Saints, you, you think they're going to do something good here. And then Jameis is hurt, playing hurt. Yeah. Doesn't look good. They're, they're not getting Alvin Kamara the ball enough, I don't think. Uh, Chris Olave looked good, at least. I mean, that's a positive. But you, 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 you look bigger. You let Baker Mayfield drop that many points on you. Not a not a recipe for success, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that was a weird game. I had red zone on um as I was watching the Eagles game, and it was one of those games where like 
I barely saw any good replays for the Saints until the game was over. They showed them scoring a touchdown in garbage time. But it was like, man, you're getting dominated by the Panthers who really have not looked great. Like that, you know, that was a that's a terrible sign. But I, I give the I cut the Saints a little bit of slack with I mean, you can kind of correlate where they've started to play bad to when Jameis has gotten injured. Um, but one of the teams that I personally think might be turning it around. You had the Bengals going to into MetLife and they beat the Jets, a game that they should win. I get the offensive line is still struggling, but this is what makes Thursday night so interesting to me. Bengals are now one and two after getting their first win of the year. Is this a is this a turnaround spot for the Bengals? Like I I personally think like a, a win against Miami. Even though the Bengals are at home, they beat Miami Thursday night. Public's hopping back on the Bengals. I think like people are going to be okay. They, you know, they they got the cobwebs cleared. They didn't play preseason, yada yada. They didn't get blown out in their losses. Their line still doesn't look great, but they beat the Dolphins. I think public hops back on to to the Bengals, you know, bus and is all on the Joe Burrow train again. Oh, no, if they win, of course, everyone's going to be right back on that Bengals, uh, riding that Bengals all the way through and through, talking about how they're going to win the AFC North and all that. But I don't know if they win, man. Again, I don't have the Bengals making the playoffs this year. If you uh, listen to our predictions at the beginning of the season, I don't have them making the playoffs. They're in a tough spot this week. They're on the road to Miami. Again, Miami's hot right now. I think they're at home against Miami. I don't think they're on the road. Okay, well, okay. People, that's why I listen to the podcast. You get the right information, and guess what? That's what I'm here for. See, so I just want to see if you guys are paying attention. Let me know. I just want to see if you guys are paying attention. Yeah, Chris, you're right on that one. You are yeah, right I, on that one. Yeah, because they're they're wearing all white at home this week. Oh, uh, they're right. They're wearing the white helmets, the black stripes, yeah, and all that. They're doing a white again. Out. My bad, guys. That's on me. My bad. But anyway. This is a game the Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins, the Bengals should win. This is a game they should win. Uh, you're at home. You're hyping everyone up with this whiteout. Go to two and two instead of three and one. You beat one of the best teams in football currently. This is a game the Bengals have to win if they want to keep keep this uh, continue to push for a playoff spot down the, down the road at home. I agree, and I I do think. Like, I don't think a lot of people are going to take stock in them beating the Jets because Joe Flacco is not good. The Jets really aren't that good. They're all on showing improvement for last year. But what we talked about earlier, it's any given Sunday right now. Like, the no one saw the Chiefs losing to the Colts besides you with your, your little Patch Stradamus. But that's a game that they should win and they should dominate. And they, for the most part, won and dominated. Like, at no point... I'm sure Jet fans might have felt a little different or Bengals fans might have felt a little different. But as a neutral, like seeing updates from that game, at no point did I think the Bengals were ever going to lose. Now, good football teams beat the teams that they should beat. So it gives me confidence with the Eagles. They should have beat Washington. They dominated Washington. That's what makes this year so interesting when we're getting these games where teams that should be dominating, they're not dominating and they may even lose these games. The Browns, I said at the beginning of the year, J- Jacoby Brissett's going to win them games. The Browns should be 3-0. and What happened? They lost to the Jets week two because any given Sunday. So I'm not taking the Bengals beating the Jets 
with a grain of salt because this year has been a crapshoot. So any decisive win to me is an impressive win. Hey, they lost to the Jets last year when Mike White started. Yeah, yeah, great point. You know, but again, Joe Flacco is uh he's washed. The Jets honestly should be on three, obviously, but Zach Wilson's coming back this year and um, this weekend. Hopefully, uh Jeff fans can see if he's the future. I don't think he is, but guess we're gonna find out. Um you want to talk about Monday night real quick yesterday? Good old Giants, Cowboys. Let's let's get into I mean, do you do you want to talk Giants first or Cowboys first? Because there I have plenty of talking points on both. Start it up, my friend. Start light light it up. Let's start for the locals. Let's start with the Giants. I spent about 15 minutes of last week's episode talking about how there was a good chance the Giants could be 4-0. And I think that there's points in that game where you you could have felt that the Giants were going to win that game. I don't think it was a reach to think that they they had a shot at winning. I mean, they were winning at one point in uh, towards the fourth quarter. But I think the true colors started to show. Not for the Cowboys, but for the Giants. The receiving core is bad, and it's banged up. Daniel Jones is not very good, and he's, if anything, playing better than he is, which really isn't saying much. That offensive line is still, still risky. Now, the biggest positive, if you're a Giant fan, is Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari made their season and NFL debut last uh, night. But what's today? Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. We're recording Tuesday. This will probably be yeah. released Wednesday. So yes. Monday night. Monday Kayvon night. Thibodeau made his debut, his NFL career debut. Ojolari made his season debut. Yes. There you go. So there's the positives. Their defense still doesn't look bad. Like Wink is, you know, is getting positives out of the defense. You, you, you can tell they were missing Leonard Williams last night, though. Yes. They couldn't stop they the they Leonard couldn't stop Williams the Cowboys up the middle. They couldn't stop him up the middle. Tony Pollard had a pretty solid game. Zeke had his moments. But I think the Giants, like they they could very well beat the Bears because Justin Fields might be the worst quarterback in the league. So the Giants being three and one is not outlandish. But what I wrapped last week saying, like they could be three and one or four and oh, this is still a seven win team, realistically. Like we saw the flaws on Monday night. Yeah, that was a very, it was just a bad game. Like, the, again, like you said, the defense didn't play terrible, but when they needed to play big, they didn't. The Cowboys were moving the ball, honestly, up and down the field consistently through most of the game, honestly. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard looked like Barry Sanders out there. Zeke always getting his four yards a clip. You know, that's a game if you're the Giants. You want to win that game, man. You need that game. You win that game, three and a division division rival in the Cowboys with a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. Well, now it's three and oh as a quarterback, quarterback in the NFL. You already have some Cowboy fans out there like Cooper start over deck, and it's like you are high out of your ass. Um yeah, you could just see the inconsistencies with the Giants. You could just see it. Kenny Galladay, $72 million, dropping wide open passes. Sterling Shepard dropping a huge pass. And then tearing his ACL later in the game. You know, you got David Stills out there. You have the other guy, number 80, I forgot his name, that's out there playing because Tony and 
Robinson are inactive because they're hurt. Uh, Evan Neal, you know, he still needs help on Richie that right James, side. Is that you're talking about? Richie James. Richie, Richie James. Yeah, Richie James. Richie James. Richie James. And he didn't look bad. He actually played. Yeah. Probably one of the best players in the field last night. He played good. Um, Shout yeah, out my Evan buddy Neal, Alec. You know. he, he told me who Richie James was. Had no idea who he was. Richie James, baby. We ain't talking Rick James, bitch. We're talking Richie James. <laughs> uh, um, but no, like Evan Neal, you know, he's still a rookie. He's still coming. Like, he's still going to come into his own. It's only his third game. And the Cowboys went after him. The Marcus Lawrence after him. Micah Parsons after him. The Giants didn't really help him at all. Chip, the helping him chip. Uh, yeah, Cowboys looked good yesterday. But like you said, I have to agree with my uh, my good friend here, Chris. It was more on the Giants losing that game, I think, than the Cowboys win that game. The Cowboys took what they needed, what the Giants gave them, and ran with it and took it away. Uh, the Giants have to win next week. You can't lose it. I, I, did, I worked that Bears game this past week. Justin Fields is the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. They have no weapons. They, they, they have nobody. To play devil's advocate, though, I always try to say that, you know, one play can change momentum, but it doesn't decide a game. You know, I'm not a big fan of like a closer blows the game in the ninth inning and you put all the blame on him. Well, there's eight other innings that you guys could have put up more runs. Like it's team efforts. But I will say that offensive pass interference call was a turning point in the game. That I feel like that moment right there killed the Giants when they called that offensive pass interference on Sterling Shepard, which it was not offensive pass interference. He wasn't even looking at him. He, uh, they happened to run into each other. The, the, the refs last night were not good. No, they were horrible. So they to, were bad. to be fair, I do think that was a momentum-shifting penalty where if that call doesn't happen, who knows how the rest of that drive goes, how the rest of that game goes. I'm not saying the Giants win or anything because the very next play, Daniel Jones could throw a pick six. Like You don't know. You don't know what could have happened after. I'm just saying that did change momentum in that aspect because the crowd got up for that big play. It was a big moment for the Giants offense that was struggling to move the ball. That was a big change in the game. Now, on the Cowboys side of things, I, I'm like, I'm so far out on this team. I mean, Trayvon Diggs was getting toasted, but he had a game-winning interception, so that's all like people are going to remember. Their pass rush is completely fine, but now your number one receiver in CeeDee Lamb, all of a sudden he's got the yips. He's dropping very catchable balls. And then he can make a one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone. It's like, dude, how can you not catch the easy ones, but you're making these crazy catches in the end zone? I get Dak isn't playing, but their problems were there with Dak that are still there when Dak isn't playing. I am not a believer that the Cowboys are by any means a force to be reckoned with in, in the NFC. Like I don't, I don't think they're a top five team in the NFC. They're probably a top seven, top eight team in the NFC, in my opinion. I still think they they squeak into the playoffs. But realistically, the way your defense was playing, I get you have Cooper Rush playing. That game shouldn't have been close last night with how your defense was shutting down the Giants' offense. They should have pulled away. No, they definitely should have pulled away. But again, you have Cooper Rush, you have a backup quarterback in. Uh, again, all these Cowboy fans are saying, you know, Cooper over deck. It's like, 
Cut it out, please. Once the Cowboys get Michael Gallup back, it'll help out. No, Noah Brown looked good yesterday. Again, this division can still be up for grabs. Let's see what happens to the Eagles on Sunday. The Eagles right now, probably the best team in the division, maybe in the NFC, but the division's still up for grabs only three weeks in. How about Jimmy G, man? Before we get into our picks for next week, how about Jimmy G? You know, as a Bronco fan, obviously I'm happy. We won defensively good, but offense looked terrible. Offense looked dreadful, man. Ugh. Nathaniel Hackett, I, I still I, – I, I could just rant on him again. Russell Wilson didn't look good. He missed some open throws. Cam Fleming needs to be benched already. He, he needs to go at right tackle. Cam Fleming was dreadful. 49ers defense look good, man. That defense flies all over the place, Chris. Flies all over the place. Nick Bosa had Cam Fleming look like a turnstile out there, like a turnstile. But Broncos had nine three and outs, I think. Nine three and outs. Shout out to our defense. Shout out to our defense for pitching a, a great game. A great game. Nine three and outs on the offense, and you only gave up 10 points, and you gave up a touch on the second drive. The second drive. Again, Jimmy Dream missed some throws. That's not my problem. And that ain't my problem. Russ missed some throws, so I don't want to hear it. Broncos offense were literally trying to hand that game over to the Niners, and the defense, Pats are tan, and then boys said, hell no. Hell no. But, yes, Jimmy G in his first start did not look good. I mean, the two MVPs of the game were the punters. The punters were unreal in that game. Dude, dude, un- bro, they were just dropping dimes in there. Every, every drive started inside the five-yard line. Every drive, both teams were just pinned back. And every time, again, I was on the plane trying to watch them on the plane, service cutting in and out. And every time I put it on, I would see someone on like their own 10 or 15 or 5. It's like, what the hell? Hey, guess what? I'm happy. Shout out to our punter. He looted, he's the MVP of that game. He's a real MVP. Every drive on both sides, it would be like, all right, this has been like a seven or eight play drive. Like, you know, they're, uh, you know, like they're really moving the ball. And then you see that they're at like the 37 of their own side of the field. <laughs> and it was because they started on like the three yard line. Like they, yep. the 49ers had a couple of drives where like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at my phone and cleaning while the game's like, on. Like that, like that one play, they hit use check. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. use check that big play. And I'm like, that, that toe drive. Out, I'm like, yeah. damn, I'm like, damn, bro. They're moving the football. I look, they're like the 34. Yeah. I'm like, Great. It was like a Great. 25 yard play. And yep. it literally didn't even get that. They were still 15 yards away from midfield. It seemed like that's how good the punters were and how good the defenses were. But it was a game. I mean, I love a good defensive game when it's not my team. There, there's nothing worse than watching a defensive game and it's your team. Well, like I can appreciate good defense. And watching that game, I saw the Broncos were playing good defense, but the Broncos were also playing bad offense. The Niners had bad quarterback play. And also played good defense. Like there were points in that game where you have to take that the defense was just simply better than the offenses. Listen, as bad as the Broncos looked, they're again, Chris, you just broke it down. Defense looked good. I'll take it. A win's a win. We're two and one. Listen, 
when Payton came, the Broncos were two and three in his first five games. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying. I will say, you know, the Broncos chose Randy Gregory over Chandler Jones, which is looking very good right now. I'm very happy about that. Randy Gregory is looking awesome. Um, but yeah, hopefully this offense fixes it. Patrick Tan, to me, is arguably one of the best corners in football already. Now let's get into it. Now let's get into it. All right, let's get into the picks. Last week, Patty V, you, you took your lead back. So on the season, well, let me find the correct numbers. Last week, you went four and two. I went three and three. Puts you ahead 13 and five compared to 12 and six. We were split on the Steelers Browns game. I went with the Steelers. I, um, I, you know, it was one of those gut feelings. Um, but it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a weird pick because I have the Browns finishing above the Steelers in my, in our, you know, rankings and our division finalists. And I've said that Brissett's going to win them game, win them games, but I picked the Steelers anyway and came back to bite me. So, yeah, but you said that how many weeks ago? Dude? Who, 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 who remembers what we said how many weeks ago? I don't remember. You're, 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 it's true. You're lucky, you're, you're lucky I remember who I even picked for my division. Well, that's the fun of this. Yeah. That's the fun of it. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. So let's let's get into the picks this week. We got Thursday Night Football. We have an England game Sunday morning for those of you. Which I will not, which I will not be at, which is very upsetting. Yeah, you're not going to be there. Uh, we got two one o'clock games to pick, a four twenty-five game, and then our Sunday and Monday night football. So we'll start things off Thursday night football. Dolphins, Bengals in Cincinnati, a whiteout. Whiteout was in. Thinking of the previous whiteouts, there's a whiteout in New York for the Giants Cowboys. Uh, there's a whiteout at every Trump rally. Uh, but I'm going with I'm going with the Bengals. The, the whiteout prevails. The first whiteout <laughs> win in quite some time. In all seriousness, though, I do think the Bengals win this game. Um, I think this is a this is a prove it game for the Bengals. They have to win this. They can't they can't start one and three, and they can't drop a game to who is currently the best team in the AFC, even though I personally think it's the Bills, but record-wise, the best team in the AFC is the Miami Dolphins. You can't drop this game with with your expectations for the season. To be one and three, having to the division will still be there. You know, they, they could still it's still early enough to turn it around, but it's it's the age-old saying in baseball: you can't win the division in April. But you can lose the division in April. The Bengals, you know, you can't win the Super Bowl in the first four or five weeks, but you can lose it. Chris, I got to agree with you, man. I, you know, I don't, again, like I said a thousand times here, I don't have the Bengals making the playoffs this year. That's my one big bold prediction. But I think this is a game they win. At home, you know, you bring out these brand new helmets, these jerseys, all this excitement on this primetime game on Thursday where the world's going to be watching on Amazon. You have to win this game. You can't lose this game. If you're a serious team and you want to be a, a serious contender again, you have to win this game. Joe Burr has to go out, play well. Their defense is somehow shut down. Uh, Waddle and Hill, and we'll see what happens with, with Tua. It sounds like he's going to play because he's not in concussion protocol, which is unbelievable. But if you're the Bengals, you have to go out and win this game. You need the defense to be on fire, and you need Joe Burr to be hitting every one of those receivers on the outside. 
All right, so we're both on the Bengals. Let's move to Sunday morning, and I believe in uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think the Tottenham. game is there. It is in Tottenham. We have the Minnesota Vikings. It's in Tottenham, yeah. It's in Tottenham, yeah. Minnesota Vikings are the road team taking on the New Orleans Saints, who are technically the home team. It's a weird game because I feel like I'm going to go with the Vikings just because of Jameis's injury. The you know the Saints offense has, hasn't looked great, but to me this really feels like a game that the Saints defense ends up winning them. But I'll go with the Vikings. You know, look, Kirk Cousins, it, he plays best the earlier the games are. Farthest away from primetime, that's when Kirk Cousins plays best. Can't get an, er- an earlier start time on the East Coast or the West Coast of America than these England games. So I'll go with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins gets it done. You know, I was thinking about going Vikings and you you went with them. And I'm like, you know what? It just feels like one of these random games, the Saints winning Kirk Cousins doesn't look good. I got to go with my boy, famous Jameis. They get Alvin Kamara finally going in this offense. He's been non-existent for three weeks. They find him in London. He has a big week this week. Give me the New Orleans Saints out in London with a Tottenham Hotspur jersey. We move to a couple hours later at 1 o'clock. Probably the By best way, game. What, what, what's, what, what, where's Tottenham placed right now in the uh, in the Prem? Or not sure. Let's see. In the Premier League. Prem- I believe they're third right now. In the table? Uh, yeah, Let's I go Tottenham, baby. Come on, Tottenham. While well, Chris has a Manchester United shirt on right now. You look, come on, you Spurs. Shout out the Yid, Kyle Aronofsky. Um, one o'clock, probably the game of the week. Bills, Ravens. Bills are a little banged up. This game is in Baltimore. Lamar, probably the front runner for MVP. I mean, he's, we can't even, I can't even say quietly been incredible. He's been unreal. Uh, but, the Ravens' defense is banged up. This feels like a. If I knew more about the Bills' health, I'd feel more confident about this pick. I'm going to take the Bills. It feels like a, they got to win this game. They can't drop back to back huge games on the road if they're going to be the team to be this. This you know swagger that they they claim and they're playing with. I get that they're banged up. You can't claim this and then drop these back-to-back games against two of the better teams in the AFC. I feel like this is a game you, if you want to be the the dog that everybody's chasing, this is one of those prove-it games. I'll take Buffalo to to bounce back. I I just can't picture them losing two weeks in a row. You know, I'd agree with you, but they're not home. They're injured, banged up in the secondary. I go to go, got to go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I got them winning the, the AFC North. Just one of those games I think Lamar's going to have a great game. He's going to come down to the wire. And if you look at the Bills with Josh Allen, they don't win close games. They only win blowouts. So this game comes down to the wire. It should most likely teeter towards the Baltimore Ravens. And Lamar Jackson is playing lights out right now. You know, Devin, he's hitting, getting Devin du- Duvernay going. He's running, looking incredible. Uh, if this, if they can't get Jordan Poyer and Hyde back this week, I got to go with the Ravens. So for right now, give me Lamar and Harbaugh 
and the Ravens beat the Bills in Baltimore. What makes me like that my pick even less is Josh Allen also like hurt his wrist in the game against Miami. Um, so he's even banged well, up. Also, very surprising this game is in a like 425 or a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, which is very surprising. Yeah, I mean, the Sunday night and Monday night are pretty good, but surprising it's not a 425 game because this is, I mean, it's no shock that both these teams are good. We expected both these teams to be very good going into the year. Like, it's not like this is, you know, one of those shock teams. Like, the Jags are much better than people kind of thought. Like, if you have a big Jags game, it's pretty obvious why it wasn't at a primetime slot. This game definitely should be at a 425 slot. Mentioning the Jags so we can segue to them. Another 1 o'clock game. Jacksonville heads to Philadelphia. Doug Peterson's return. They're facing the other undefeated team left the only undefeated team in the nfc patty v you're working this game who do you got winning does doug get his sweet revenge in philadelphia or do the eagles move to four and oh no the eagles move to four and oh you know that offense on fire especially early on sirianni has his offense playing very very well Jalen Hurts looks good. You know, I see some people saying he's still not making all the throws. But, again, there's going to be growing pains with this kid. But, hey, they're putting up a lot of points. They're blowing teams out. Their defense is getting after the quarterback. Their secondary is a bunch of dogs out there with Bradbury Maddox and Darius Slay. I think it's going to be too much for Trevor Lawrence. Even though their offense line has been playing better, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I still got to go with the Eagles ruining Doug Peterson's return back to Philly. Look, you already know who I'm going to pick. Fly, Eagles, fly <laughs> on the road to victory. That caught me off guard. Uh, you already know who I'm going to pick, but I will say a lot of people are starting starting to turn the corner on old Dougie P and the Jags. I mean, that blowout win against the Chargers won over a lot of people. Their defense is playing great. So I don't think... I mean, going into the season, I thought this was a like, oh, yeah, mark this down as a win. It is not anywhere near a guaranteed win that it was three weeks ago. But I still think the Eagles get it done. I still think the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender. They're one of the best teams in the league. And it seems like a lot of people are starting to agree with that, that they might. And, and, and I will also say, sorry to cut you off, that I said on this podcast, well, Abby, I didn't get to say over the podcast, we didn't do any episodes after the Super Bowl, but. I wanted Doug Peterson to be the Broncos coach so bad, so bad. And obviously it didn't happen. So yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Eagles. They were my Super Bowl pick. They're my team Um, must win the game, but I will say could be a bit of a trap game because they have their big prove it game next week in Arizona, 425, their first huge test. So hopefully they're not, you know, they're they're being smart and taking it game by game, and they are not underestimating the Jaguars because I think the Jaguars are a pretty solid team, uh, and genuinely, people are starting to come around on Trevor Lawrence and the rest of them. We move to four twenty five for your team, Denver Broncos, traveling to Vegas to take on the only zero three team in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders are the only team without a win. That's lost three games because the Texans don't have a win, but they got a tie. 
So the number one pick in the draft would be from the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders to get off the snide. And this feels like it's a divisional game. They, they should play up the competition. The Broncos offense hasn't looked great. But this is a game Josh McDaniels has no choice but to win. If you start 0-4 and you've already failed once as a head coach, Ooh, boy, are people going to be coming after him. I'm taking the Raiders, but it would not surprise me if the Raiders fell to 0-4. Listen, I love my Broncos. I love them to death. Derek Carr plays awesome against them every time. I'm going with the Raiders. As much as it pains me, I have to. It's just one of those games where, of course, the Broncos aren't playing well. They're going to Vegas where the Raiders have been not good and they're 0-3. just happens to be that they're facing their former coach from a while ago, but still, only time Josh McDaniels had a head coach with the Broncos started 7-0, ended at 7-9 or whatever. It's just one of those games that I know we're going to drop. Somehow, Darren Waller will have a day. Derek Carr will look like, you know, Fresno State Derek Carr. And it's going to piss me off. The only good thing is that if they do win, I'm happy with myself. I'm happy because, you know, I picked the Raiders, but the Broncos won. That's all that matters. Win-win for you. We moved to Sunday Night Football. Brady Mahomes, the, the marquee matchup that you always know is going to be prime time. The Chiefs traveling to Tampa potentially this game gets moved because of the hurricane. It seems like they still plan on playing it in Tampa. Uh, but this is a, this is an interesting spot because the bucks look like one of the best defenses in the league. And the chiefs look like they're still missing that marquee number one wide receiver. I don't know, say a Tyree kill. I'm going to take the bucks at home. If this game was in Kansas City, though, I would have taken the Chiefs. But I'm going to take the Bucks at home. Christopher, Christopher, Christopher. I got to agree with you, my friend. You know, if they do move it, it could, you know, maybe change. But we don't know yet because we're recording this on a Tuesday night. But I got to go with the Bucks here. Hopefully, Mike Evans will be back. Don't, I doubt God will play. You got to hope Julio comes back. I've seen that Bucks defense playing on fire. They're pissed off after losing that game last week to Green Bay. Uh, you know, the Chiefs had that game in the bag if they, they had Bucker playing. But, hey, that don't matter. If my mother had hair on her back, she'd be my father then. So, I'm going the Bucks here. Bucks go to 3-1. Chiefs fall to 2-2. Two and two, And the AFC West stays, you know, as the most hype, overhyped division so far this season. All right, let's wrap things up. The Monday night football game, division rivals, Los Angeles Rams travel to Santa Clara, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. This feels like a game that people are forgetting that the 49ers always play the Rams well. The Niners offense looked dreadful against the Broncos, but their defense looked good. I'm going to take the Niners with a home win. I feel like I'm going to regret it because... Every time the Rams play the Niners, I pick the Rams. And I feel like last year, both times you picked the Niners, I picked the Rams. And both times the Niners waxed them. 
This is a team that Shanahan kind of seems like he has their number. Almost got the upset win in the playoffs last year. Niners with a bit of a revenge. They win on Monday Night Football. You stop taking my picks, please. Are you looking at my? Are you looking at my paper over here? That, that's exactly what I got. I got the forty nine. I think Jimmy G find gets back into a groove here. You know, he'll get they'll get Debo Samuel going early. The the defense, I think Nick Bosa will have a big day. Again, I think Stafford will just look slow. Not look slow, but you know, they're they're gonna get him off to a slow start. You know, as Cooper Cup will have a good day. Maybe they'll find. Maybe they'll remember Allen Robinson is on the team, but. To me, it's just one of those games the 49ers win after that pathetic performance they put on Sunday Night Football last week. Kyle Shanahan was embarrassed that he looked like that in front of his own father. Yeah. Uh, and it, especially, especially, my father called you off, especially against a team that he thought he probably would have been the, the coach of when he yeah. was in the market. Yeah, this feels like a game where Jimmy G just doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't do anything flashy, but their defense controls the game. They get a run game going. It feels like a typical 49er Rams game the last few years where the Niners just seem to have the Rams number. Uh, but that's going to wrap up our picks. That's going to wrap up the show. I do want to apologize. I'm getting a lot of cutting off in my my headset this, this episode. Um, I don't know if that's coming through. If it is, I'm sorry, and we will be better next week uh, if you were able to sit through it, if that was a consistent thing. But Patty V., you and I both will be watching a game at one o'clock singing fly Eagles fly on the road to victory. Fight Eagles fight. You already know how it goes. Uh, Patty V, you got anything left? Nathaniel Hackett fixes goddamn offense. Russell Wilson get back to being Russ. Um, I'll be in Philly on Sunday and uh, that's all I got guys. Hey, I didn't get to say this to you last week, but I really wanted to say this to you. So I'm glad that you're actually here so I can say it. Don't forget to shake them. Here we go. Here we go. You've been listening to Slants and Rants with CTD and Vega. Please leave a like, rate, and review. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Slants Rants Pod. Until next time, don't forget to shake them.